You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. In this episode, Dr. Tony Nader talks about how to feel good in these uncertain times. We forget that the main priority of life is to be happy, content, and fulfilled. And under these circumstances, we have to be realistic based on what is happening in the world. Remembering that we can be happy even if our goals and desires are delayed by a little bit. These goals are delayed because of circumstances we cannot control. Dr. Nader addresses how we can feel good even in these times of uncertainty. Greetings, everyone. It has been a while we didn't connect, and there are certainly quite uncertain times. These times that the world is going through are very special, as everyone knows, very unusual. Not only the coronavirus, but some conflicts here and there, hurricane in the United States is the season anyway, but still it's happening, it's powerful. There is some climate change connected aspects. There are also unhappiness, anger, insecurity, and riots. People are facing a number of situations of uncertainty about the future of their leaders, who would be taking care of what, And in different parts of the world, there are all kinds of issues that are happening. Certainly because people cannot work, uh, they are worried about their future, they cannot ensure the living conditions to be correct as they wanted and their dreams be fulfilled. And so there are a number of things that we have to deal with. Is this a situation where one has to be depressed, angry, anxious? It is possible. But how can we make the best out of it? How can we come out of this situation successful and victorious against the unusual circumstances that we're living through? What we can do is use what we have as human beings, the different dimensions of what we have. Usually we think about ourselves as being body, mind, consciousness, intellect, and that is part of what we are. We want to really see on the practical level what are the different aspects that we can work with as an individual, as a human being, under such circumstances and in fact under all kinds of circumstances. First we are going to see what we think we are, what our body is, what our mind is, what our humanity is and see how we can act from these different layers, different levels. So I'm going to divide our discussion into the different layers of what makes a human being 
from a mechanical standpoint. It's a little bit of a simplification, of course, but it helps us to think that every time we act and react, from what level we are acting and reacting, and what can we do about it. I'm going to compare the different aspects of our reality, our physiology, our mind, etc., to different aspects of the living world. For example, there are plants and vegetables, there are animals, there are human beings, and so there are all these aspects within us also. So there is the basic reality of the physiology as a mechanical aspect that is autonomous in certain ways, that maintains itself in certain ways like a tree would, like a plant would. You know, like the nails grow, the hair grows, the skin changes, it responds to the environment, and organs are functioning independently of what we can do about them. This is our most basic level of what constitutes who we are. And this level also needs to be attended to, and we will see how it reacts and what we can do under different circumstances for that part, which is very basic and important for our maintenance and our strengths under different circumstances. There is another aspect in us which is more, I would call it like the animal part, the instinctive part. And I'm not using the term animal in a derogatory sense, in a negative sense, but we have been told humans are like a social animal. And the fact that we have instincts, you know, that we need to eat when we are hungry, that we search for food, that we have certain reactions to certain things that are basic, is also part of who we are. And there is a part in our structure, in our nervous system, that takes care basically of that. And that's in the limbic system, which is mostly in the deeper parts of the brain. Then there is the human aspect, which is different, which is what we call our upper level of thinking, the cortical levels in the brain, the cortex. And that part deals with our recognition of the self, who we are, identifying oneself with oneself. I am Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so. Miss so and so, I am the son of this, the daughter of that, the mother of this, the grandmother of that, and I have this uh, correspondence in my life and identifying myself and I have needs and I have desires and I want to build something in my life and I have hopes, expectations. So this is the human side that we have. But we are also part of society. So this is another level of who we are. We are part of a family, maybe part of a fellowship, part of a society, part of a nation. And we acknowledge ourselves as being such social individuals. So therefore, society is really part of ourselves, another aspect of who we are, not just as an individual, but also as society. And there is still yet a higher level, the level of meaning, the level where we give meaning to things on a higher level. This usually we can call the spiritual level, the level where we are giving sense 
and meaning and purpose and we live within an understanding of how things work natural law we can say in a scientific way do we believe that there are laws of nature do we believe that there is a purpose that there is a higher reality to our existence it could be also on the level of belief like believing on a power that is higher than us that is divine celestial or just basically simple laws of nature that conduct the affairs of the universe but in any case we would then say that there are laws that is order in the universe it's not all haphazard and chaotic now you could have a different world view but this is still part of what one can call the spiritual aspect the spiritual aspect doesn't have to be religious it can be that people feel one with nature that humans have a contact with nature that we are a continuity and therefore it's not only the social aspect of us as a human society but that we have a connection with the climate we have a connection with the animal with the trees with the oceans and that we have to maintain them because there is a continuity in life and there is a bigger reality a bigger essence whether this essence has a purpose or is guided by a higher power depends on the individual belief but all of these are aspects of our reality so we see that our humanity our human nature lies between we can say two aspects one i'll call higher and one a little lower but again without having higher and lower being better or not so better just on a scale of having to put it somewhere so our humanity has to deal with our animal instinctive nature our basic construction which i'm calling like a plant life because it grows by itself it develops like your hair grows and your nails grow and your body changes completely independent of you and there is no interaction and then the animal life which is protecting yourself having instincts being able to fight and think of all the basic needs and then comes the human aspect of thinking of the future thinking of the past identifying oneself then our social belonging we have a family we have a nation we belong to a belief system or or like that and then that what leads us to the very highest kind of level which is how we see our purpose in life is there a law is there an order is there a purpose that god if we believe in god create some logic and order in creation that we have to follow that we have to adapt to and that is the purpose of things so this is important because when we are in a situation of uncertainty or insecurity we have to define ourselves in some way in terms of these factors and understand what is going on in order to find meaning because the first thing we need to do in order to be able to do well in uncertainty is to try to remove the uncertainty and to remove the uncertainty we have to understand first where we are what we are doing who we are and what can we do about it So the first thing to do is to define ourselves in terms of these factors to understand what is really needed. 
And based on that, we can then attend to these different factors. For example, the basic factor is very important. Are we getting the basic nutrients, the basic exercise that is needed to maintain our physiology on the basic level, the most basic level? And so therefore, if you feel in great dilemma and uncertainty and the world is going wrong and all of that, first thing is settle down and ask yourself simple questions. Are you assuring for yourself a good, healthy physiology? Because all of these layers that we're talking about, they seem to be different, but they influence each other. So are we eating properly? Are we having good exercise? Are we having good rest? These are very important factors to maintain the basic building blocks that will allow us to have all the other aspects of our reality taken care of. So this is very important and in that sense we start by saying understanding these basic factors. The second factor is about protecting ourselves, our instincts. Now are we in a state of fear about the situation in which we are? Are we in a state of anxiety or anger about what is going on in our life? And therefore, we have to evaluate that and understand it from a perspective that takes into consideration our human level, which is the higher level of consideration that allows us then to accept or understand things as they are. Now, in this case, accepting doesn't mean taking it on ourselves and saying, whatever it is, I'm going to accept it. It's just we are going to be aware of what is going on. And for that, we can discuss it with others. So don't react immediately in a protective way think about what you can use from your social aspect of your reality by using your intellect and that means connecting with others. So that is another aspect that is very important and also very basic. Connect with friends, talk to your family members, discuss things on a rational, intellectual level before you react and let the fear and anger take over. Console yourself, think of others, think of friends, and if you go beyond the limited small self, even on that very simple level, you are already doing a great good to yourself because all of these layers are really part of yourself. And therefore what you would do in this situation, in this, uh, this part of what we need to do is Talk to others and think of what others need. Help physically, mentally, emotionally, and therefore transcend a little bit your small self. And that already is something very important one can do because then one feels good about oneself as being somebody who helps, somebody looks to the well-being of the other. In that sense, you self-distance yourself a little bit from the situation. Distancing yourself is also important. 
I'll come back to this point because distancing yourself might feel like running away from the situation. It is not running away because we said first understand, evaluate, then accept the situation. Accept means that this is what it is today. I have to feel and see what, what I can do about it and take a distance from it. Take a distance from it by thinking about the community and also by saying what would I do under the best circumstances to help the situation get better? What do I do for that? In this case, therefore, when we say accept, that means accept that some solitude is possible, some anger is possible, some worry is possible, and therefore we're not going to be doubly angry with ourselves because we are angry, therefore we get angry for being angry. If we are worried, we get more worried because we're worried. If we are feeling alone, then we feel that uh, it's a terrible situation. We can accept that there is some sense of existential solitude, that we are on our own. To some extent, we have to accept that we have some worry and we have to accept even that we might have some anger. These forces that are coming to us, they appear negative, but they can have an element of motivation. And once we face them at the beginning, we realize that they are there and see how we can use them as a motivator to change the situation rather than to be overwhelmed by it. So what is very important if you feel anger, worry and all of that is not to act on it right away. That is very important because when you act on this aspect of experience or emotion, you are not using the other aspects of your reality. You are bypassing the higher aspects and acting from a more basic level. And this is something that is in our nervous system built in in order to protect us when we were in the jungle or like that as a human species. Then we had to react quickly to situations and therefore what happens is it shuts off the upper parts of the nervous system and makes the lower parts guide us into action. Of course, when we analyze the situation, we say oh, I am the actor, of course I did this because of this and because of that, but science has shown and research has shown that actually there is these deeper levels of mechanisms that made you act and then you are justifying this by saying, I did it because I am conscious of it and I did it because I think I need to do it and like that. So you come back with a justification, with an explanation of what has happened, whereas the actual actor is not your full self, it's, let's call it the animal part within you, the animal in a positive way because it's a protective defensive mechanism. However, if you do that in the modern human society, you will be ignoring the other values which are also part of you, that is the social part and the more spiritual cosmic part, and you are letting the most basic part act and therefore while accepting do not act on it 
Why? Because you want to take other considerations into concern, into discussion, into thinking, into analysis with others and take the time to think about what is going on. And in that, in that context, if there are difficulties and problems uh, that you are facing, that you're angry about, one thing you don't want to do is also to run away from it. So do not escape, that is not the idea. You are just buying time so that you get all the other values involved and therefore get a more holistic response to the situation. So there is an uncertainty, there is fear, there is anger, there is sense of solitude, there is worry. I accept it, I analyze it, I understand it, I take a distance from it, and I don't run away from it. But what do I do then? Do not escape, that would be the third factor if you like, but seek something. So therefore go for something that is good, that can bring you the solution. Escaping from this situation can mean also, for example, taking excessive alcohol or going to drugs or running away into something that is just to keep your mind away from things and like that. This kind of escaping is not the intention. So we don't try to escape. What we do is we seek. We seek something higher. We seek something good. We seek solutions. And therefore, we make priorities. We look at our priorities because what we want to seek is what are our priorities. So here we are acting like a human being with an intellect, with a spiritual and social aspect, and that human being is accepting that there is part of herself or himself that are not happy with the situation and there is a danger, we want to protect ourselves, but it's taking time to see how and what to do. And therefore the next thing is to remember priorities. What are priorities in our life? What are our priorities? And therefore now think of the priorities of life and realize that different priorities can be perceived based on what we have been told to expect or to perceive. Perception is something very subjective, very personal, and if we expose ourselves to a certain kind of news, certain kind of advertising, certain kinds of expectations that are bombarding us every day as we see things, we start thinking that the ultimate purpose, if we are now looking at the higher level, is actually to, let's say, make money at every cost. Uh, it's to seek for immediate pleasure, immediate reinforcement of desires and immediate uh, seeking for power and seeking for success and seeking for beauty and seeking for all these values that have been in society displayed as the symbol of success. And we forget that the main priority is to be happy, is to be content, is to be fulfilled, 
And of course our happiness, contentment and fulfillment might be through achieving and we want to be achievers and we want to grow and we want to gain strength and power and money and all of that. But under the circumstances we have to be realistic based on what is happening and remember that we can be happy even if the other goals are delayed a little bit. And the other goals are delayed because of circumstances that we cannot control. So we have a choice. Either we let go into depression and anxiety and anger and worry and accept those as the final outcome rather than accept them that they are only temporary things that will get resolved as we put our priorities together and start looking at very important and basic aspects of life, which is some basic things that we can do, including taking care of our family, our friends, our children, ourselves, for the time being, under the circumstances, and being patient for that. Now, what this will call upon is another value, which is a higher value. The higher value then becomes the society and the ultimate understanding of our spiritual nature. And that is very important because that is what can lead us to trust. Trust means we believe that there is order in creation or not. If we believe there is order in creation, then every action has an equal and opposite reaction, and therefore we take responsibility for what we are doing, and whatever happens to us or has happened to us is part of the process of evolution, part of some law of nature, or part of a divine will, depends how you believe, if you are a believer, then you know that there is a divine will and this divine will is omniscient, omnipotent and therefore it is letting things happen for some reason and therefore we are to trust that whatever has happened until now is whatever needed to happen until now. What we want is what do we do from now on? What do we do from today until tomorrow, until after tomorrow. How do we manage our life? And how do we manage our existence from all these layers? Are we building a society that is holistic, that is based on supporting each other, because that's what a society means, a group of people that come together, each has its specialty, each has her qualities, her different possibilities, his abilities, etc. And we all mix this together and in this way we have a much fuller life because somebody can be the doctor, somebody can be the engineer, somebody can be the bus driver, somebody can be the pilot, somebody can be the gardener and it doesn't matter the individual responsibilities. What is important is the priorities and that is to grow in really awareness, consciousness, be a human being that has all these layers that are developed and ultimately grow in happiness and fulfillment and also achieve all our desires and our goals. And that is where trusting that there is a law in life that if you want 
to have life to grow, you have to water the root. That if you create an effect, then it has a reaction to it. Every action has a reaction. There is a cause for every effect. But if you create something damaging, something not supportive, then you are seeding things that are not supportive. As you sow, so shall you reap. It's a law of nature, cause and effect, action and reaction. So if you sow destruction, you tend to reap destruction. If you sow happiness and love and fulfillment and understanding, then that's what you get and that's what you are going to be able to read. And that is true on each level. Manipulating the truth, for example, if you are a newscaster or a television person or something like that, and you have a news that is there, and then what is your purpose? Your purpose is to make this look like this so you can gain money like this or so you can support your group like this and like that. So you change the story or you manipulate the story. That is manipulating the truth and therefore not being in accordance with the evolutionary power of natural law and that has negative consequences for you, for your society. So always have the highest first, always think big, always think good, always think supportive, creative, positive. And that is very important in order to sow seeds of things that will bring positivity, that will bring wholeness on all these layers of life. Now, of course, one can say, what if there is injustice? Then if there is injustice, then it is important to focus, of course, on solving the injustice, but also remember not to fixate. So my next point will be focus do not fixate. What does it mean? It means you can put your attention on solving the problem, thinking about it, but you remain yourself, established in yourself, and not being drawn by the situation that is at hand. Fixating is when you lose yourself and the situation overtakes you. So you become trapped by a situation rather than able to focus on it but being established in yourself, in your own stability, then the situation takes over you because it becomes the one-pointed thing that you are angry about. And what it takes is it prevents you from seeing all the more beautiful things that you can enjoy in life, that you can appreciate in life. Beautiful sunshine, beautiful flowers, Simple things, the smile of a child, the small things that we have, the ability to breathe the air, the ability to be alive. So basic things, but which are important for these lower levels and important for us as humans, that we can sit there and appreciate them. And that again is not escaping. That's why we said we do not escape, we seek. So we seek something good, we seek to solve the problem and not escape or run away from situations. And give ourselves always a chance to find things that are supportive, to find solutions, to think of priorities, to organize our life and to be balanced to support all the other layers of our existence, including the balance in the physiology, 
the balance of diet, the balance in exercise, and all of these values. So therefore we focus, but we don't fixate, because when you fixate, your whole world crumbles if that one thing does not get fulfilled the way you want it. And therefore your priorities in life are totally mixed up. You know, like in an election. Usually 50% of the people, 51, 52 this way, and 49, 48 that way. What does it mean? If all that counts in life is the result of an election, for you it's like half of your population is going to be fixating on that one point and is going to be very unhappy and all life becomes caught by this one point. If your team on the football or on the soccer or on the basketball is all you want and it's all of life and all of this and they lose and then you become miserable. But life is more than that. Life is much, much more than that. And that is very important. It brings us to the point of going back to yourself so that your priorities are most highly and most effectively maintained. Otherwise, it is not your priorities. What you are doing is living through the priorities of others. People who manipulate, guide this way, that way, in order to put you under certain circumstances, and then you do not take the time to go back to yourself, and you end up reacting in ways that are not so conducive to a better society. And therefore, the next point is adjusting our priorities and ensuring that we are not caught by an illusion which is not really our true ultimate purpose, except we have been fixated and attached to small things. And attaching oneself to small things can lead to problems. So free yourself, distance yourself from that, and distance yourself doesn't mean running away from yourself. In fact, you'd be running away from that which is not yourself, that which has been imposed on you, that which has been put in your mind as being yourself. You are that, you are that, he is that, she is that, I am here, I am here. We identify ourselves with a certain set of small things and we forget that life is fullness, life is wholeness. And therefore, look at then the highest priority, your spiritual side. Without spiritual being necessarily religious, although religious is great and it can be part of spirituality, but unfortunately sometimes you see people, because they have a religion, then they feel they don't have to be moral anymore because they have their sets of belief in their own sect or in their own small situation and therefore everybody else is wrong and therefore everybody else I don't care about and therefore everybody else is not worthy of my good behavior or my love of my attention and all of that because I am this and that is the only right and that is the only good and therefore I can even steal others, kill others, doesn't matter because you know and then they explain them being you know some kind of imposition from some higher value and this is poor interpretation unfortunately of what true spirituality is which is the oneness the wholeness the fullness of life 
the reality in which everything counts, every flower, every tree, every animal, every human being of every race, of every belief system, it's part of the beauty of creation. It's part of what life gives us. And if we believe in God, then why God is letting this happen? It becomes a complicated discussion. I mean, people can give you explanations, but ultimately, if it doesn't support all the other layers and doesn't bring health and happiness to society, to wholeness of life, then it is probably a misinterpretation or a wrong interpretation of the true essence of spirituality in every religion, which is beautiful and wisdom and guiding and wholeness that allows people to accept each other, live with each other and glorify the creation because of the diversity that makes everything beautiful and different so that we can support each other, enjoy each other in different ways. So this is very important in terms of looking for higher values. And ultimately, in order for us to be able to achieve this and to be truly there, because then we say, how do I know? How do I know if this is that or not that? How do I know if it's true or not? is to clean our system from the stresses and strain. If you are already full of prejudice, of stress, of fear that has built up from generation to generation or from history to history, adopting what your you know, ancestors were and how many centuries you have to go ancestors, you know, one millennium, ten millennium, hundred thousand years, one million years, well, it's nothing still in compared to the billion years life of the universe and even much more that we don't know. And therefore, it is all completely small thinking to adopt the situation, even with oneself and the others. Somebody did something wrong to you one year ago, but this person has changed. They're not the same anymore. They've grown. They probably regretted it. And now you just embrace yourself in a life of fullness, of wholeness, and don't react and act being manipulated by situations and circumstances like a football being kicked around. But all of these, unfortunately, are imposed on us. We have an experience in life, we have an expectation in life, and it becomes part of our vision and our perception. You know, they did some studies, and they're very interesting studies very simple and that really indicates why the nervous system has so much flexibility when you see through the eyes the picture actually of what is the object gets rotated upside down in the retina because this is how the lens of the eye works it takes the light that is up it brings it down takes the light that is down brings it up so your retina actually rotates the object upside down and then it gets to the brain but the brain organizes it back, and now you see things as they are, not upside down, they are straight. So there is the simple mechanism. Now what they did is use actual lenses, like glasses, that rotate the universe upside down, so that when you look out, you actually reverse the world. So the people, when they wear this, they see things upside down, because that's how the image is. Now that's okay, it's normal. They wear these glasses for a while and then they get used to these glasses and the brain starts thinking, uh, well, I'm seeing things upside down, there's something wrong about it, and it turns it around. So even while they're still wearing these glasses that turn the world upside down, 
Now they start seeing things properly, completely normally, as if uh, things are okay and there is nothing reverting the vision upside down anymore. So that's also kind of fine. The brain adjusts and adapts and, and says, so what's the big deal in a way? Now the interesting thing is, now you remove these glasses and what happens is the person starts seeing things upside down even without the glasses because the brain has built it like this and then things appear upside down. And therefore, this explains to us that there is a difference between perception and actual vision. And it takes a while for the person to readjust again. Now, based on our prejudice, based on the stresses that we have, the things that have polluted or been placed in our nervous system through our history, our ideas that have come to us or been imposed on us, we have a filter which means we are seeing through glasses and these are colored glasses. They are not the real glasses. What we need is to clean up the system, remove the stresses, and then we can see for ourselves that we are much more than all these superficial things. We are much more than what we have been told. We are much, much more than, you know, the problems we have had the difficulties we have had, the maladjustments, the wrong things that were done to us or that we did to others, and we discover that we are absolute pure being, that we are truly a self that is the unified field of all the laws of nature, the source of all that is creation and evolution, and that gives us the real platform of action that is most effective and an action from which we can do anything and achieve everything. Now, how do we get there? How do we get there? There is one simple solution. Practice transcendental meditation. Now, this might sound like a hard sell, but during this time of uncertainty and difficulty, I cannot fool you by telling you this is nice, this is not nice, etc. I mean, we are giving general advice. We have been together on this global meditations for weeks on end, doing the breathing exercises to calm down the physiology. And this is something you can always do, come back to these exercises if you have no access to a transcendental meditation teacher. But in order to really clean up the system, remove the stresses, and act from a platform of wholeness which nourishes all of these layers that we talked about because the science has shown that it nourishes, strengthens the physiology, it makes the individual more balanced, less reactive to immediate threat, ability to find, but reacts fast, but in an effective way. So fast reaction rate but taking into consideration broad comprehension, that means the brain is still open, and there is connectedness between the different parts of the brain, right and left, front and back, and then there is a better social behavior, and society as a whole improves through these people practicing transcendental meditation and its advanced technique, which we call the city program, because they are acting from this platform of wholeness. What is needed is to transcend, which means to go beyond the surface small values 
and go to the source of all creativity and intelligence that is within us and that guides and manages the entire universe and keeps it in perfect order so that every action has a reaction. So on the surface level, there are things we can do, but on the ultimate level, transcending is what we need to transcend, to know who we are, to experience the inner bliss that we are, and then be able to act and think in accordance with all the laws of nature. Eric is saying, what tools or strategies can I use to slow down my emotional reactions? And for that, again, transcendental meditation is a key. Also, if you continue on these special things, put attention on your physiology, uh, take your time, stop and think, react uh, in a way with these points that we have used, accept, understand, seek but not escape, make priorities and think of others, then you will be able to handle these things. So with Sabine's asking, stress leaves me frozen because of the extreme stress. Meditation isn't possible, only panic. What can I do? If you practice transcendental meditation, you will find that it's easy because meditation usually is of different kinds. You know, we used to say that uh, white powder can be anything. It can be uh, wheat, it can be sugar, it can be salt, it can be uh, different medicines or different things. So, term meditation is a vast thing and there are all kinds of things that require concentration, contemplation, forcing the mind and all that. And these are usually requiring a little bit of ability to do it. But uh, transcendental meditation is so simple that even if you have extreme anxiety or worries or fears, we have found that you can practice it. So try transcendental meditation. Anyway, we have been long with you. I hope I had a chance to answer more questions, but I think we covered the main points and we can close right now. Thank you for attending with very best wishes. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.